O'Donnell, welcome to The Difference. We sit at the intersection of politics and economics. I handle the politics. Dave Spano, the president and CEO of Annex Wealth Management, handles the economics, and we always have fun doing so. Dave, Green Bay's season is over. We're in the middle of earnings season. It is figuring to be an interesting year for both the Packers and your personal finance. I mean, everybody, it seems, has major decisions to make. Yeah, that's right. So, you know, the earnings season is just getting going. And of course, as you said, the Packers season is over. We'll have to find out who's on the team next year. But as far as earnings go, there is going to be pressure. So, you know, as you calculate it, the S&P 500 has what's called aggregate earnings. And every one of those 500 companies report some type of earnings. If they're zero, they're zero. But so, for example, the earnings of the energy sector has been really, really good, where the earnings of some of the techs have not been so good. But altogether, they add up to a number. The estimate was originally $250 aggregate earnings. Then they lowered it to 230 and now we're probably going to see a lowering even from that number down from 230 or lower. So why is that important? Because if you're driving and listening, you can do some math. 230 times, for example, 20 would mean 4,600 on the S&P 500. So that's where we started 2022. So we don't think we're going to get a 20 PE because interest rates are higher, puts pressure on multiples. So as that comes down, there's going to be pressure on the S&P 500, especially in some of those sectors. Right now, only the energy sector had a positive return last year, and that's only 6% of the S&P 500, while tech, overwhelmingly the biggest sector, has 25% and has not done well. So where you own and what you own in your portfolio is important. Clearly the biggest story, I think, of 2022 has been just the dramatic fall of some of Wall Street's tech darlings. Yep. Tesla, chief among them, Meta, the parent company of Facebook, Alphabet, even Amazon. Uh, Amazon just announced, what, 18,000 layoffs? Yep. I mean, yep. things that were once considered, and I mean, as recently as 2021, considered unthinkable that these companies are dramatically downsizing, that they're changing their outlooks. Should investors have a different outlook on them? Are, are we no longer seeing just the gravity-defying growth? Is this sort of a return-to-earth moment, and will they sort of stay back in a more manageable orbit? They're going to try to do that. They're going to try to get back to their, their earnings growth, and how they're going to do that is lowering their earnings estimates. And so think about what you just said. Those companies are the largest of the S&P 500. So if you take the top five companies, it's some crazy number, like 25% of the S&P 500 market cap is in those top five or six companies, all tech companies. And the S&P 500 is a market cap weighted index. When those companies don't do well, it brings down the entire index. And so, yes, there is certainly going to be pressure on that. Probably not going to stay as 25% of the total capitalization of the S&P 500. Well, the earnings estimates of energy is, are going to come up, and that's going to be a larger index. So the indexes, Dan, they have to go and move the money around. So they're probably going to take money away from tech and put it to energy and those smaller earnings estimates, and that's what's going to happen. So, yes, it is a coming back down to earth. And it's not just tech that's starting to lay people off financial services we saw Goldman yep. Sachs amongst others and so jobs are certainly going to start to uh, be harder to come by and that is going to be good for the Fed it certainly is but I guess uh, the broader question I have is 
is it now, I mean, as, as weird as it is to say, is a company like Amazon or Tesla, are they now almost undervalued? Is there almost a buying opportunity there with some of the tech stocks that have been so devalued? Or is this sort of like, I don't want to use the example of Memorex, but you know, some of the companies of a bygone era, what, what, what was that statistic? It was like the top 30 companies on the S&P 500 in 1989 were nowhere near the top 30 in 2019 or something yeah. like that. Yeah, I mean, they, they, it, they move just, all the time. That's correct, yeah. Right, right. And is this a part of, I guess what I'm saying, a broader transition or is this just sort of a brief hiccup? I think you have to say technology is not going to leave our lives. We're probably going to get more technology in them. You know, the problem, of course, is that they traded way above their estimates. For example, you just think about, you know, Microsoft. I mean, Microsoft is not going away. It's just that they're still trading at 24 times earnings, you know, P.E. ratio of 24. So as interest rates have gone up, you've got to bring that multiple back down. So it's a repricing of those securities. We don't think that any one of those top five companies are, are going out of business. It's just that they got ahead of themselves. And that happens. A lot of times investors get exuberance and it becomes irrational, as it was once said. And so therefore, you start to, to get these valuations coming back, Dan. And that's what we're starting to see is a repricing of these securities back to where they should. That means lower PEs on, on actual multiples of real earnings. And that's what's happening. Where you go back and look at some of them, and I, and I don't mean to pound the table, but look at energy, for example. They're trading at single-digit multiples and paying really good dividends and have free cash flow because, here's the lob, because they've been told that they're going to go out of business. And so yeah. energy has not been reinvesting into their companies. No. And why would they? I mean, how can the better question is actually how could they? How can they? Because of a political climate that seems hell bent and an administration that seems hell bent on making sure that energy companies know that they are the enemy of a, a free and just and equitable society. It's never made any sense. This uh, political demagoguery surrounding fossil fuels. Okay, yes, everyone knows that wind, solar, renewable is the future, but we're clearly not there yet. And while we may be in the next decade or two decades, the supplemental technology is such that oil and gas need to be funding the research and mm -hmm. development yep. into this. And this is something that I, it just never, I, I am always flabbergasted that it never seems to dawn on these people that, you know, the, the same people who, show, who killed the electric car. Yep. Well, maybe all of the government punishment on the oil companies and car companies that are seen as polluters might have to necessarily cost them some of their research and development budgets. But hey, that's just me. There is an answer here, and that means moving down parallel paths. And that idea is very uh, real. And so it doesn't mean that we have to go completely green. There's, you know, there's a grain and a browning first before we can get to green. And so therefore, we can move down parallel paths. We're going to need fossil fuels does not mean that we cannot pursue wind and solar and battery and so on and so forth. 
forth, and that is what has been lost. It's not a, a bifurcation. It's not a binary decision. We can do multiple things at the same time, and if we can get to that conversation that we're moving in the right direction, and utilities will tell you that, mm-hmm. good thinkers will start to say, yes, we get it, we're headed in the right direction, but we can move down parallel paths. And at the same time, we're going to see China start to reopen. It's going to be a major deal. They have been, as you well know, under lockdown. And so there'll probably be a COVID spread throughout, but when it reopens, it will be a big deal. And guess what they use? Petrol. Uh, Tons more than we do. Literal tons and tons and tons and tons more than we do. Do you still see energy as continuing its growth or do you yep. see maybe a pullback? Oh, so you do see I in do. the short term. Yeah. You, but I guess that would that would also presuppose that maybe we could get to this mythical soft landing that the Fed keeps talking well, about. Well, and that's why I say, you know, I'm a contrarian, and when everybody in the room tells me something, I always look around. Sure. You know, so everyone is saying we will have a recession, and it'll be the biggest recession since you know seventy three, seventy four. Well. Possibly because the job market is so strong, maybe they catch lightning in a bottle and they have a slowdown in a very shallow recession. That is a possibility. But when everyone tells me one thing, there's a contrarian by heart. And so I look at that, Dan, and say, all right, there's a possibility that when China reopens, there'll be more demand for energy. There could be a ceasefire in Russia, in Ukraine. And by the way, the Strategic Petroleum Reserve has got to stop getting depleted. You're talking Mm -hmm. about 180 million barrels that have come out of that that have to be refilled. Well, what's going to happen? We have to have to go and buy that energy somewhere. Those oil reserves are going to have to be refilled. That is a lot of supply and demand equation that goes into this. And to better understand how supply and demand works and how it impacts you, because ultimately that's what we're talking about. When we say the intersection of politics and economics, what we really mean is how global events, how everything impacts your personal bottom line. And the best way to get a better handle on that is to head to AnnexWealth.com. Get a free wealth metric. It's a review of your portfolio so that you know what you own, you know why you own it. You basically get a second set of eyes, a trained set of eyes looking with you as a fee-only fiduciary and helping you navigate what could be some choppy waters. I tend to agree with you, Dave. I I happen to be more of a contrarian at heart. And when everybody is saying recession, 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 long and deep, and I just don't think the Fed is going to let that happen. Then again, up until the beginning of 2021, I would have told you that, okay, well, we've managed inflation since, what, 1982? The Fed's not going to let that get out of control. But they did. And we're, we're in this mess that we are right now. In large um, part because of them. It, seriously. Oh, yeah. Oh, I mean, if, if, you oh, look at, if you look at the definition, I mean, they increased money supply by 35 to 40%. That is how you, we got to that. I know you can say it was supply chain, not you, Dan, but I know people can say it was supply chain and it was COVID and it was all of these things. But most importantly, if you look where inflation has happened from, from third world countries all the way through history, is when you increase the money supply, that is inflationary by design. And for them to say that they didn't see that coming, is absolutely shocking. Nonsensical. It's not nonsensical. It's, shocking. It's, it's, it's dishonest. It's, let's just call it what it is. It's a lie, 
everyone knew that when you flood the market, I mean, this goes back to Milton Friedman's helicopter. Yep. And you had the Biden administration dumping $1.9 billion in cash from a helicopter in the sky. At the same time, the Federal Reserve had interest rates at zero. What do you think is going to happen? My goodness, read a history book. Have you ever heard of Mansa Musa? who actually crashed the economy of Cairo because he was the rich, he was like the Jeff Bezos of his day. And he comes through and gives all the poor people gold. Well, what happened? They spent it and the entire economy collapsed. We're, we're sort of seeing the Mansa Musa-ing of the American economy playing out over the past two years. And I think you really hit on a spot. And it was really the reason why I was pounding the table is because I said this is going to be inflationary. And when that happens, those least able to afford the higher milk prices and the higher egg prices, higher grocery, higher fuel, are those people who are least able to afford it. They're the people who are getting hit by inflation the most. And now you're going to turn around and raise interest rates and hit them again because now when interest rates go up, their mortgage rates go up, their rental rates go up, and they're getting smashed again. And I don't see a whole lot of people screaming in the streets saying, these are the people that continue to get hurt. But for investing right now, there I think you've nailed it, is you have to go through and say, this is, by the way, this has been the best year, 2022, has been the best year for active management since yep. uh, since great financial crisis. That means that doing the work, that doesn't mean buying an index or slamming it into some high-cost annuity. That means doing the work on the companies that you own, what should be in your sector, and most importantly, making sure it fits into your financial plan with a certified financial planner. Go through and do that work, and that is really what's the most important takeaway today. Well, and that, and that's the thing. Yeah, Dave, it's, it's amazing how many people just don't have a plan. Sure, they invest, and they might even be active investors, but when you ask, okay, what is the goal? Well, I want to have enough money for when I retire. Okay, well, how are you planning to do that on an annual basis, on a five-year basis, on a decade-by-decade basis? And people will just sort of look at you, and that's, that's not to say, oh my gosh, you need to be more financially literate. Most people are who are active investors or who are investors. It's you need someone who is so well versed as you and your team at Annex Wealth are to help you along the way. And that's it is almost impossible, especially when we've got a market like we do right now. It's 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 great when there's nonstop growth and you can put all your money in Bitcoin or an NFT and you can invest in with Sam Bankman Freed and expect a 200 percent return. Right. When things get rough that's when you need the pros at annexwealth.com annexwealth.com the website annex wealth management the company the president dave spano and 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 we always thank you dave thank you for sir. your continued support of my radio show i love doing this podcast i know we had our first uh, show of 2023 but here's to uh, another great year yep. I'm, I'm, I'm really I'm, looking I'm forward excited to, to continue to work with you my friend all right, for Dave Spano, I'm Dan O'Donnell. Thanks for listening to The Difference. Annex Wealth Management is a registered investment advisor. For more information about our firm, please visit AnnexWealth.com. 
The information in this podcast is for educational and entertainment purposes only and is subject to change without notice. Opinions expressed are those of the participants and don't necessarily reflect those of Annex Wealth Management, its producers, hosts, or guests. The host of the podcast is compensated for his endorsement of Annex Wealth Management. Information presented should not be construed as tax, legal, or investment advice or a recommendation or solicitation for the sale of any product or strategy. Listeners are encouraged to seek advice from qualified professionals to determine whether any information presented may be suitable for their specific situation. Investments involve risks. Neither Annex Wealth Management nor its podcast participants shall be liable for losses resulting from decisions based on information or viewpoints presented on this podcast.